and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances, and I'll be your hostess. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode, whatever episode it is. This is another one of those episodes that's not really an Off-Kilter Quilt episode. It is um, an Empty Nest Chronicles episode. I don't know if Kristen and I... Um, Kristen being Kristen Esser, a simple handmade every day who I do the Empty Nest Chronicles blog and podcast with. I don't know if at some point we will create um, a separate podcast entity for this. I imagine that we will, but it hasn't happened yet. In any event, once I get through talking here, you can listen to our conversation. We're talking this week about journaling. If you just heard kind of a crack, it's it's Travis going for one of his chews, which is in between the couch cushion, uh, couch cushions. Anyway, um, I, I think this is a, a fun episode. Both Kristen and I keep journals. I keep a bunch of different ones, not obsessively, but um, I do like to document things. As far as quilting goes, um, I do hope to do kind of a pre-QuiltCon uh, episode here. I have, I have lots of stuff to report about quilting and my quilting life. I just um, haven't done it. And that's too bad because I enjoy doing that. I have um, quilt blocks up on the board. I'm making Jack a quilt. It's a, it's a bear claw, um, a little bit of a modern bear claw quilt, um, but mostly traditional, very bright colors. He chose the colors he wanted, um, purples and blues and pinks. So that's what's in there, plus some orange and red. I am so much enjoying just working on it every night. And I am enjoying having um, a pattern. I'm not using anyone else's pattern, but it's a traditional block. So once I um, you know, figured out how to make that block, which is not particularly hard, it's half square triangles and, and solid squares, um, there's nothing to it. Of course, me being me, it's like it took me a while to figure out how I wanted to lay it out. I still don't know how many more blocks I need to make. <laughs> I'm just moving along, moving along the way I do. Lots of stuff coming up, um, writing-wise, quilty-wise, writing quilty-wise. There's got to be a better way to hinge that phrase together. Um, The new issue of Quilt Focus out, it is the Rhode Island issue. I think it's a really one of the best issues of Quilt Folk, and not just because I have articles in it. I think all the articles are very strong. It's, you know, Rhode Island is this teeny tiny state, and there's so many quilters and so much quilting activity. It's very cool, and so if you have been thinking, you know, I've always meant to read Quilt Folk, uh, or it's been a while since I've picked up an issue of Quilt Folk, this would be a good one to start with. You can actually use my name uh, to get a 20% discount. I'll put this in the show notes. It's Francis QF, I think it's capital Q, capital F, 
25, because this is issue 25, if you're interested. So there's that. I have an article coming out in QuiltCon magazine uh, sometime next month around, well, QuiltCon. It's about looking at quilts and how to talk about quilts, which is something that, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, something I really like to do. I like thinking about quilting, talking about quilting. I... um. I'm working on some new articles for Quilt Folk. I'm about to put out the third uh, issue of my uh, zine, Hands All Around. I'll let y'all know when I do that. Uh, it's uh, called "What We um, Why Why We Quilt," and uh, I asked some people on Instagram uh, to answer that question. I wrote about it. I'm actually have an essay in there that I published maybe six or seven years ago. On, on the Off-Kilter Quilt blog, I've taken it down. So if you've read it before and you're thinking, oh yeah, I've read it before. Well, it's time to read it again. And <laughs> But I included that and some other things. And um, for the n- next issue, I'm going to do a special issue, which is kind of an... Uh, it, it's about older women in the modern quilt movement. And it's going to be called, uh, This Is Your Grandmother's Quilt. I'm doing a presentation on this in a couple weeks, maybe three, four, or no, probably, yeah, I better get on this. It's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I think in three weeks for the Triangle Modern Quilt Guild, I have been thinking about this and and pitching um, articles to various magazines who have not been interested, including Curated Quilts. I think I pitched it to QuiltCon magazine. They didn't take it. They took another another one of my pitches. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to be giving the presentation at the Triangle Modern Quilt Guild because it's forcing me to really put it all together uh, in one um, easily digested Zoom presentation. But this is something that I have been thinking about a lot because I really hate that phrase. This is not your grandmother's quilt. It's not your grandmother's quilt. And whenever there's an article about the modern quilt movement or about quilt con, it's always, it's not your grandmother's quilt. And I'm always curious, who do you think grandmothers are? You know, it's like, like Patty Smith, the punk rock star, Patty Smith is a grandmother. Hillary Clinton is a grandmother. Alice Walker, the novelist is a grandmother. There are all these amazing women who are grandmothers. And it's not just the latest generation of grandmothers who are super cool and creative. So I really just hate that idea of an older woman being stodgy and uncreative. And, and it's not true. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, I say this I lo- as someone who loves, loves, loves antique traditional quilts. I think they're beautiful. I think you can be creative within the boundaries of traditional patterns. But also there were women making quilts 100 years ago and 120, 50 years ago, whatever, <coughs> excuse me, um, who were doing innovative, creative design. So this idea that it's just our generation of quilters or this, the youngest generation of quilters um, who are creative and innovative is is silly, and I'm tired of it. So I'm going to um, do a special issue of Hands All Around, kind of a QuiltCon edition. About a year ago, I did a questionnaire on Instagram. I got tons of responses as I was as I was putting together the um, the, the um, pitch for QuiltCon magazine that did not get accepted. So now I want to take 
a lot of the responses that I got and, and put them all together in kind of one document in which women who are modern quilters over the age of 50 talk about why they are modern quilters. Uh, yeah, and, and how they got into quilting, what appeals to them about modern quilting, um, et cetera, et cetera. And the responses I got were very cool and thoughtful. So that's something I'm working on. And uh, I think that the uh, issue number, uh, that may be called issue number four. If it's not, it may just be special edition, QuiltCon edition. But then the, the issue after that is going to be called Buried Threads. And I got this idea from my friend Jason, who can, uh, wrote something about burying dyed fabric uh, for a period of time. It's uh, some sort of process that he got hip to. And I thought, and he called his article Buried Threads. And I thought, man, the, the metaphorical possibilities with that are endless. So I bring this up now in case you're listening to this and are a quilter, uh, as opposed to someone who's an empty nester waiting for me to get over done with the quilting stuff. Um, and you have any story ideas uh, that you would want to share with me. Um, this could be quilts that have um, nefarious origins, quilts that contain secrets, um, quilts, I, I don't know, what, whatever that phrase, buried threads, um, means to you in any way you connect it to a quilt that you've made, a quilt story you've heard, let me know. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about this. We're talking about an issue that probably won't be out till later in the spring, but I'm thinking about it already because, again, the possibilities of, yeah, the metaphorical possibilities of buried threads, there's gold there. There's gold in them thar hills. Okay, enough quilt talk for this quilting podcast. We're going to get on to journaling talk between two quilters. Um, so if you don't want to hear that, uh, stop listening now. And I hope to be back soon with a hundred percent quilt talk, um, about all sorts of quilty things. All right, here we go with the Empty Nest Chronicles podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Empty Nest Chronicles podcast edition. I'm Frances O'Rourke Dow, and I'm here with my friend and fellow blogger, Kristen Esser. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Francis. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. These uh, podcasts are, are fun conversations. Well, they are. And we should tell our listeners, we, of course, have been conversing now for 30 minutes and decided <laughs> it was time to actually hit record and have a more focused conversation. That would be a change for us. <laughs> it, it really would be. We tend to just go down our rabbit holes and it's always interesting to see where we end up. But today we do have um, a topic. We are going to talk about journaling. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the history of our journaling and diary keeping. Um, I don't know when the word journal replaced diary. Do you? No. Um, somehow I think it's related to an age, like when you're young, you keep a diary or uh, girls would keep diaries and boys would keep journals. I don't know. Mm. 
I'm trying to think if I've known boys who kept journals. I know men who do. Um, that's interesting. But men are not going to keep a diary, <laughs> right? No, but, uh, probably not because yes, <laughs> it's, it's so girly. Um, I also wonder if it's because, uh, especially I would say in the last 20 or 30 years that we make um, a verb out of nouns and then go back to, so, so journal, it's easier to say journaling, I'm going to do it, but then it becomes a gerund again, then we make it, turn it back into a noun, right? That's a gerund. Um, I'm, I, I was a terrible English major. I'm going to stop, but uh, it's very hard to say <laughs> diarying. I'm going to, you know, what's your right. diarying practice, but journaling is quite easy to say. So maybe it's just semantics. Maybe there you go. easier to say it, or maybe, maybe it is. It is uh, and this probably gets back to what you were saying. It's um, it's so grownups can keep diaries. <laughs> it's not a little kid thing. <laughs> um, or, or, or maybe it's to get away from, you know, like so many of us are first introduced to journals via Anne Frank's diary. And so maybe it's like diaries are sad. Journals are <laughs> <open>. you know. <laughs> this is probably neither here nor there, but um, you know, I read and listen to watch a lot of old British TV shows and books. And what we would now maybe call a planner, they would call a diary. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, I'll put you, I'll put you in at 10 o'clock in my diary. Right. And I, I wonder if things, if the word diary as a as a memory keeping device evolved from that? Oh, that's an interesting question. And you could be onto something with that. I'm also thinking about the first few times where, yeah, whether it was watching a, a, a British movie or reading a British novel and someone was like, let me look at my diary. And I was waiting for something very juicy. <laughs> it was like 10 o'clock, walk to the dog. <laughs> How disappointing. Yes, and if we were better podcasters, we would have researched that before we got on here, but we are not. So we are just going to hypothesize while people yes. shout at us the, the reality. Right. Now, someone listening to this will know and will tell exactly. us. And that's we have um, we have the best commenters ever in the short time that we've been doing the blog. We were just talking about how we should really let the people who write comments do the blog because they're so <laughs> their ideas are so much better than ours. There is gold in the comment section. Yes. Yeah, sometimes I just think, wow, that was better than my post. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but before we derail too far, <laughs> did you keep a diary as a child? I did on and off, and I uh, have a few of those, not in front of me, thank goodness, because I might be tempted to share, and that would be very embarrassing. I um, I definitely, in uh, what we would not now call middle school, but we call junior high, uh, would kept diaries, not in a regular way, but from time to time. Mostly, I just told lies. Um, in your diary, in my diary, I mean, not really, I think I, that that's, that's probably a little harsh on my former self. I think that, uh, I was a novelist and a storyteller from way back. And so I think I embroidered upon some experiences. A lot of it was just idiotic. Um, you know, who I had a crush on, who was being mean, who was horrible, who my friends and I could, uh, couldn't stand or, right. you know, and, and, um, it's, it's all 
horribly embarrassing. And I do hope that those are gone, but they are probably in a box somewhere. So how about you? When was your earliest? I, I got a diary when I was about 10 years old, you know, one of those ones that had like this sort of silk, um, oriental fabric on the front mm -hmm. with a lock and a key and that, that, that whole deal. And which made it very hard to write in because it was so beautiful. Also, it was the type that had, um, the date, you know, like in, in mm -hmm. one page had an end time for, you know, room for two entries. So if you missed a day or a three months or something, then you just felt like you were completely, you know, wasting this beautiful book. So it was a little intimidating, but I also wrote in it off and on. So in elementary school, and then also, I mean, I've, I've just done it off and on my whole, mm -hmm. my whole life. Um, and I, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm not sure in that case, I was, I was lying, but it was a lot of, well, I mean, it was the whole dear diary thing is if you were writing to a person, which is not maybe how I think about journaling now, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I do know what you mean about, you know, like I'm a terrible like Cosmo quiz taker type of a thing because I completely lie. <laughs> I, I, I take the quiz as my perfect, you know, aspirational self. And right. so, you know, so I know what you mean. It's like sometimes it's hard to be honest with ourselves when we have such higher expectations. Um, yeah. It's funny, too, that you mentioned the diary that has the dates already in. And I had a five-year diary. I still have it somewhere. Um, and this was in high school. Um, I think I got it in eighth or ninth grade. And it had a lock and a key. And then it, but it had like. Is it like a, a room for like a, a couple sentences yeah. for each year? Yeah. And, I mean, and, I love the concept, but the consistency but is beyond work. And I remember, and, you know, I probably should not confess these things in public, but we moved from a, a Germany, from a small American post in Germany, back to the States. I went from being very popular and, and had lots of friends and lots of adventures to just being. <laughs> so I had my room was we had a split level house and my room was uh, sort of on the way down to the basement, not quite the basement, but next to the laundry room where the. Uh, freezer was so which is to say next you to were the, absolutely not the favorite child in this house I can no, tell <laughs> I, just, I don't know what was going on there but it was where the the freezer with the ice cream sandwiches were so 10th grade is like it was my ice cream sandwich write about my old friends in my diary and in fact was backdating and partly to write the story of what a great time we were, ha I was having in with my friends in Germany and some of that I, I think I was just trying I, I don't know that I was Lying, I think I was trying to write about our adventures and who was, you know, all the different things. But I, it, I was making it sound as though I was writing it at that time. So, so it, it's so interesting. I That's was so interesting, and and doing that and eating ice cream sandwiches and trying to over clearasell my face and uh, you know me me mechanism like for you. That was yeah. such a bad year. It was the first time I, we'd moved so much and I always made friends. It's like, that was one of my things. The first day I moved someplace, I would try to make at least one new friend. And if you were moving on to a military post, friends would come to you. It's like, okay, it's a new kid. Let's go see what kind of stuff they have. Are they cool? What can they bring to this relationship? <laughs> so a new kid was very exciting. Um, and, and, uh, and of course, also because we were military kids, you know, that's just how you, you had to open up for new people. But this was a, a suburb of Northern, of, of, in Northern Virginia. 
And I, and there was nobody. I walked around looking for a friend to make on that first day and that did not happen. And when I, uh, it was just, it was, that was a really bad year. Things got better the next year, but that first year. And so, yes. And so I spent a lot of time with my little five-year diary make you know, again, not totally making stuff up, but kind of, yeah, but it, going back, post-dating, pre-dating, whatever. That's so that's a long story. But yes, no, it's strange and really ate a lot of ice cream sandwiches. That was, yeah, strategically, no one should have put me close to that, but I was sad. <laughs> I was a sophomore. Oh my goodness. Sophomore year in high school. How horrible. So. So, okay. Um, so that's kind of our, our, you know, how we dabbled in it when we were kids. Like when you, I, I, I really wish that I had kept a really good journal of our days when the kids were little. Mm-hmm. Um, I did keep calendars where I um, n- did a lot of, you know, making notes about things that happened in certain days. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I have that and I have each kid, once we grew out of the calendar thing, each kid has a notebook where we would like, I'd write down important things, lots of heights and weights, but you know, <laughs> um, you know, at this point, it was more like, uh, you know, they had their first driving lesson or, or went on their first date. Or Did you that, keep that. it up through high school for each child? Not in a great way, but yes, I think everyone's got just a notebook. I mean, it's just like, here's the date. Chloe had her first driving lesson. Chloe got her driver's license. Um, Chloe went to prom, you know, things, just little things like that. But they're all in their own little notebooks that they can take mm-hmm. if they so Mouths are dropping open all over <laughs> America, assuming we have like 10 people listening in different states. Um, because for most people, it's like they do the baby book for the first child and the second child gets like their baby book that has two pages. And then, and you have three children. So it, if you were more typical, Ben would have nothing. Yes. And Ben's <laughs> book, Ben's notebook is not as complete. <laughs> you know, I was definitely losing steam, but, uh, um, okay. So I know, I guess I just would like to, in some ways, and, and you were going to resist this, but I'm going to just say it anyways. I, I want to be a better journaler. And so I want to kind of pick your brain about it. Um, so before we kind of get into it, I guess my question is, why bother? Why, why journal? Well, it's a good question. I think um, you just answered uh, it in one way, which is to document. And now, and, and like you, um, I've always kept a calendar and these uh, Sandra Boynton mom calendars. Um, and before that, yes. you know, art museum calendars. But the fact is the mom, the mom one is so much better. <laughs> In terms of yes, giving you I didn't use that one, but I had one, and it had every kid had a row to keep their activities, you know, yeah. and all that. And I've saved a lot of those, and I I have saved all of those. I've saved. I've always had a desk calendar, certainly since um, you know Jack was born, and so that and that does provide a kind of documentation, and it's really kind of fun to look back through those and go, oh, you know, just it just names come up, and a lot of names come up. I'm like, who's that? Who did I have lunch with? I have no idea, <laughs> but, but also as a way of documenting family life, but with a, you know, with a diary or a journal when, um, you know, as you know, as we, we head into our third thirds, we hope of, of life that we got a good 30 years left. Um, we forget a lot. 
And so that, and, and even now, I feel like we're going to forget even more because we retain even less. So the, the number one thing um, for me is, is well, not the number one, but a, a, a central point for, uh, for journaling is, is documentation. And of course, you know, I keep different journals and one is a day book, which is uh, where I just, I write down every day what the weather was and the activities. And if there was, if I had some interesting exchange, you know, oftentimes we'll run into neighbors, we being me and Travis on our morning walk. And if there was an interesting conversation, I'll, I'll note it. Um, so th that I think is my my main source of documentation. But that's a great um, idea. I, I love the idea of it. I don't know if I could be disciplined enough to do it, but I would like to try um, because that would, those little everyday exchanges are the things that you forget and which are so fun to look back on, mm -hmm. to remember, you mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, what, what type of notebook do you use? I get artist notebooks. Um, I get sketchbooks and they're, and to me, cause I'm so cheap, they're really expensive. They cost $16. Uh, yeah, but it's been, and there are a hundred pages and no, no lines. What's that? No lines. There's no lines. No lines. And but the paper is beautiful. Uh, up until recently, I've used a fountain pen, and I've been doing this now for three years. I did it about in 2015. I had a beautiful notebook that, or it was a sketchbook that Will gave me, and I wasn't sketching. I wasn't making any art at that time, and so that's when I started doing it. Um, and I did it for about eight months, and then stopped. And and I go through periods now where just life is so disrupted by the holidays or by a trip or something where, um, you know, I, I'll go for a week and, and not write. And then I'll go back and just write it out as much as I can. I'll say, OK, I'm writing this on Sunday, January 15th. I didn't write last week, but here's everything that I remember. Um, and I put down like what we had for dinner. And and it's it's by and large, it's not a it's not a processing document. It's not it's not deep. It's just it's documenting. It's memory work. It's what people are putting on Instagram. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> this is what I had for dinner. Right. This, <laughs> this is me walking. <laughs> and most of it is really boring. You know, it's like, I live a very, it's like, I, sometimes it's hard for me to remember if even like yesterday, I realized I'd only filled in, only written down the weather on the walk for Friday. I was like, okay, what did I do? And I like close my eyes and I can see myself sitting on the couch and writing. And I can see myself at my standing desk and writing. And like, neither of those things gave me any clue. Because this is what I do every <laughs> single day. What was I writing? I was writing stuff. I knew it wasn't a novel. Um, but yeah, but, but, but still it's really, it's interesting. Most of it is not interesting, but over a period of time, it adds up to a life and you're, and, and so. It does. Do you write down like what quilt you're working on or you're knitting this pair of socks, that kind of stuff? Yeah, too? I do. If I'm more, more, I think I spend more time quilting. So right now it's like, yeah, you know, for, for months and months I'm working, you know, worked on Will's Clemson quilt and now I'm working on Jack's quilt. So I will say worked on Jack's quilt. Okay. Uh, if I'm working on a novel, I'll say worked on hazard worked on tell whatever novel i'm working on worked on friendship album forget me not so so i do have those details and the, you know when i sent you know, turn in a novel to my editor i'm like you know sent kate hazard to caitlin and that's you know that's kind of interesting too because that again that's stuff that you would forget and um and i know that i, I love those seeing those kind of every once in a while you know, pick up a book you know, a, someone's diary, uh, you know, that's been published and, and, and it is that dailiness that interests me as much as anything. 
That, that's that's such a good point because that's true of me too. Like even in the novels that I read, uh, you know, I, I don't care so much about the plot is that I just want to go hang out in their world with them when they get up and make coffee and mm -hmm. stare out the window and, you know, go to lunch with their friends. I'm, I'm just along for the ride. You know, <laughs> do I care if anything happens? Not particularly. And also I know that you really love sort of the anthropology side of, of, you know, history and, you know, so yeah. what you're doing is you're, you're leaving, you're leaving a trail for future <laughs> historians, historians for what life looks like. Yes. Yep. And folklorist, I like to, you know, whoever. Yeah. So I do. because That's really what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's well. no, I think anthropologist works too. And, um, and, and historians and all of that, you know, and, and what's funny and this, I don't do it for that reason. Although I do sometimes think someone a hundred years ago from now is going to really appreciate that I did this. Should it survive? Um, but, you know, one of the things that's interesting to think about with journals and letters, we're so digital. I don't know how what's going to be retained. I mean, I know that for, say, famous authors that libraries will reach out and now we'll and we'll ask for digital files. Can we have your emails? Um, you know, but but it's going to be very different. And especially with these sort of daily things, because so many people, they do things on notes. They they don't write stuff down. And so I don't know how it's going to work in the future. Yeah. Maybe I don't keep better. a paper calendar anymore. I yeah. completely converted to a digital calendar, which has many benefits like recurring birthdays, and, right. <laughs> you know, all kinds benefit. of things like that. And it took me a long time. I still keep a written to-do list, but, um, but I, I, you know, and so there's no going back in, and we were saying you write down what's for dinner. When I go back to these, um, you know, calendars that I kept, I also always wrote the menu plan in there. And uh -huh. I'm usually struck by, we still eat the same things 10 years later. <laughs> like, wow, you are not creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. That's, and, that, and it is hilarious. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't know what, and I do a weekly menu. So I'll go back through the day book and go, okay, well, let's, you know, let me just see um, what we've, you know, go back like six months ago. Or a year, like what were we eating last year? Whatever. Winter. It's like basically the same thing we had last week. There's yeah, exactly. There's no novelty I'm not, I'm not in my meal planning. It's like, all right, just what did you have? What what did you not have last week that you had two weeks ago? And we'll go back <laughs> to that. Um, so that's but anyway, so so documentation would be number one, one documentation, and that is one type of journal. But then yeah. there are, are other types. Um, yeah. And, like so, what you, else do you, do you keep another type? Oh, I keep so many, uh, yeah. but the, the one I keep the most regular one is the, um, is the day day book, because I do try to keep up with it daily. Mm -hmm. The second one is, um, it, uh, is just, uh, it's a lined notebook. The paper is nice. I have found one at Barnes and Noble that I like very much, which means they'll discontinue it next year. I should really just go buy five. Um, yeah. it, um, and that one is more, it's, for, sometimes it's for processing, like processing emotions, but if there's something going on, it's just so helpful for me to write it down and get it out of my system to try to try to examine it. You know, I'm someone I don't know what I think until I write it. Um, and so that's very helpful. And sometimes I'm just, you know, I, I get interested in things. Um, I get interested in uh, ideas or just thinking about something. Um, 
you know, like today, and this is going to sound goofy, but I'm interested in the ways that humans, we, you know, we really live so much in our imaginations. And I think in this time of social media, we're, we're, we are constantly creating uh, sets and stages to, and, and, and we photograph them and here's my life and here's, and I'm like personas even. Yeah. And, and there's a thing that folklorists call it social imaginaries, um, which I, they call, they call something social imaginaries. I've kind of co-opted that term. So that's interesting to me to think about why do we do that? How do I do it? Um, you know, I am, I'm really, am starting to think partly because I read back over diaries, um, and go, wow, you were, you were so wrong about everything. But the way I, <laughs> I think you live in this, you have no idea what's real and what's not real because you're just making it all up. But I think to some extent we do make, I don't know if that makes sense. Anyway, it, obviously it's good for me to articulate these ideas in my diary before I try to bring them up in conversation. But I do like thinking about things like that um, because I should have been an anthropology major and not an English major. Um, so, but I also, when one of my children is driving me crazy or there's some, something's going on, you know, and I don't, I, I'm not someone with a lot of drama in my life. And which means I don't handle drama well at all. I'm not accustomed to it. And the, the journal becomes a, a kind of tool, uh, again, for processing it's kind of a therapist for me right um and i so usually you know a lot of times i i do write in it every sunday and if as long as you know uh over the holidays it, it, life is crazy but um yeah uh but over the holidays and uh, i mean it's on sundays and then if there's something it's just like i need to write about this i need to get it out of my head and onto the page so now do you keep a journal like that as well? Um, I have off and on. I, I completely know what you mean about I don't know what I think about something till I write about it. Um, I've definitely had that experience. Um I I've my my problem is uh that when I am processing things, I get I get worried about privacy. Mm. Like if I go grocery shopping and am in a fatal car accident, who <laughs> was going to be reading this? Yes. And so this is, this holds me back. I'll be, that's, that's, you know, that's one thing that, um, there's a few things I'm, as I'm listening to you talk about how you journal and how your practice looks, I'm, it's some, some little, uh, light bulbs are going off for me. So one, I kind of think of a journal um, as, as, as being a memory keeping device, but it's, um, so I want to write about what's happening, but I also want to, um, you know, I want to process. So what I kind of like about your day book is it takes the pressure off long form narrative describing my day. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like, i we've got the, it's a bullet, we've got the bullet points here, yep. <laughs> the plot points of my day. Um, and I don't have to, you know, uh, expound upon it like Emily Dickinson. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's taking care of the record keeping part of it. Um, <laughs> and um, and I one type of journaling that I've done off and on, but probably the the most in recent years is just like the morning morning pages, just mm. the brain dump. And um, I use a 99 cent notebook. I write mm -hmm. fast and messy. And then every few weeks I rip them out and throw them away. Um, and yeah. so, so, but, but 
there's part of me that would like to 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 like you were saying when when someone reads this a hundred years from now and like my fears when someone reads this twenty years from now I don't want them to read <laughs> or twenty minutes <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. not the day book yeah. but the the processing one so I yeah. I think that's part of my I just need to get over myself. Well, but you know, first of all, I love morning pages and. If I'm going through a really rough time and a time of a lot of anxiety, I will get back into morning pages. And I think it's almost a rule that you have to get the cheapest, worst notebook. Yes. Maybe we should just sell, say, maybe not everybody knows what morning pages yeah. are. Will you talk about that? Okay. So uh, Julia Cameron wrote this book called The Artist Way, um, which I've always vowed to work my way through entirely. And I never get past the morning pages chapter, <laughs> but it is, I mean, she's got rules that I do not follow. It's like um, three pages um, first thing in the morning, you sit down first thing in the morning and write continuously, like barely picking the pen or pen or pencil up from the paper for three <laughs> full pages. I just do it later on. I write in pen. I think she also says you have to write in pen. So I write in pencil. Um, and I just write till I feel like I'm done. Like I, you know, so it's, I remember the very first time that I started doing this one that kids were, I don't know, let's just say it was probably 10 or 12 years ago. And, um, so I was a stay at home mom and I'm like writing and I wrote like three full pages the first day of just the things that were like stressing me out of, um, I think, you know, we had to get the, the, car fixed and Chloe was going through this and, and just, just journaled it all out. And the next day I remember I wrote about half as much and the day after that half as much. Like <laughs> I was just seeing how getting it onto the page was releasing it in, mm -hmm. in some way. And that's when I kind of got hooked about get the anxieties out of your head and onto the page. And then they, they lose their, their power. Yeah. Um, so that's how, how I kind of use it. And I do kind of use that to sort of, um, you know, work through any, um, you know, if I'm having stress at work or something like that, that's where I can kind of, you know, just dump it all out in my messiest writing and, um, and just be done with it. You know, yeah. there's a, I read something, maybe it was a Norwegian thing where they do that and then they light it on fire. <laughs> just <Fly like. laughs> Which is exactly. a great idea. I love that. And the thing about morning pages is they're so messy that you can't read them anyway. So you just like, yes. you know, and, and as a writer, I'm like, I'm always loath to, to get rid of stuff I've written, not, you know, because apparently it's, you know, made of gold and no, but you know, <laughs> um, but, but also it's like, I wrote it and it was hard, but morning pages aren't hard and they really are that dump. And, you know, I used to struggle a good bit with morning anxiety, kind of a free floating, not dis disabling, um, and, and some of it, I think is just genetic, uh, just, just something that's, that's in the, in the, in the bloodline. Um, and I found that morning pages were just the best thing to do, um, w waking up and just kind of, and I usually really did it. I would do it with my morning cup of coffee. And the interesting thing is to still be kind of sleepy. I'm not someone who pops out of bed, like, hello, day. I really, it takes me a couple hours to go, Hey, how are you? you know, but, um, but that was such a useful tool and just getting all that out. And, and now it's more, I don't, I, I don't know if it's like because I'm postmenopausal. I don't know that because I have Travis, my dog, <laughs> because it really, dog. 
yeah, my, my quilt dog, whatever it is, but it, I, I do sense it's probably hormonal um, and that I don't have morning anxiety for the, for the most part. If I fly to QuiltCon next month, I will wake up and feel very anxious about that. Um, uh, I, it's uh, more, usually I use morning pages if I have something specific that okay. is- It's is, not a nor- regular practice yeah. for you. But I think there is that, there is a great freedom and the idea of like, and then uh, these pages will go in the trash or, I mean, I love the, the idea of having a bonfire, but <laughs> me, I catch the yard on fire and then whatever. So I'm not California, do we don't have volunteer, voluntary fires around here anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. get a lot of trouble, but, but just don't, then throwing them away. It's just yeah. because it, there, there is a lot of freedom in that. Um, and in my journal, I also, um, do write about, you know, if I have some, if something's going on, um, with the family, with the, with the boys, what have you, you know, I do write about that in a more controlled way as well. I don't write about my marriage. I don't write You know, I don't write about, uh, Clifton. I just complained to you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not much to complain about. Let me go on the record. Anyone who knows Clifton knows that he's a lovely man. But uh, but I am sensitive to that, and just that I would that whole like yeah. And then what if I went to the grocery store and got stampeded by a moose? And you know you just you don't want to leave that kind of document for you know, someone you love to go what what you know I just don't want to do that. I didn't and, really know her at all. You know yeah. this is what she was really thinking. Yes. Yeah. So I would like that level of journal the the processing in a controlled way is it something that I'm I'm not doing now that I I think I would like to try, but I think I am for sure going to, I'm going to try the day book. Mm-hmm. Um, because that does, that does tick a box for me on the, the documentation or memory keeping side of things. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I do, like I've, I have a little pile of, um, journals here that Francis can see. This is my, <laughs> um, my gratitude journal. Uh-huh. And I do have a separate gratitude journal where I started in 2013. My gosh, it's been 10 years and I don't do it very often. I would like to get back into it. I am up to now 457 things of gratitude. Oh my goodness. Um, and every once in a while, I kind of write the date so I can kind of know where I am. Oh, you don't date it every time? No, I don't date it every time. Just every once in a while. I think I haven't done this for a while. And then I'll write the, the date. Um, so, um, and, and this is kind of fun to look back on and there's nothing, you know, like shameful in this. <laughs> Your shameful life is documented elsewhere. Yeah. In my gratitude. The shameful gratitude um, journal. That I, yeah, there's, there is a lot of um, ashamed, gratitude for my I pets. <laughs> I'm loving all the pets quite a lot more than my family, sadly, probably. Um, but, uh, have, have you ever kept a gratitude journal? No, I haven't. I try, you know, I, I do uh, what to call it evening prayer. I say my prayers at night and, and I, and, you know, uh, I, I've done that for a long time, even before I was really much of a, a, a believer in anything, but I, I had got, just had a, an upsetting night that involved being on the Massachusetts turnpike at midnight and about zero degree temperatures driving with, with two friends, one of include, one of whom included a, a, former college tackle, big guy, big guy, and my Mazda GLC. And we left, we were driving to Louisville, Kentucky, and we left at midnight because we were 24 and that seemed like a good plan. And we blew a tire because I was carrying a a very big man 
very large man, his wife in my car. And it was, and it was weird because it was in the middle of nowhere. And, um, fortunately, it sounds like this was before cell phones, uh, too, this was, here. Yes, it was like <laughs> 1988 that's around then. So definitely before cell phones. And I felt very tiny in the world. All of a sudden the world, but for, for so long, I had been the biggest thing in the world. And suddenly I realized I'm very small and the world does not care about me. And it's cold. Um, Oh, wow. and, and we ended up having to go back. The, the police came along and towed the car and, my, and a friend came and picked us up from the turnpike station and, and went home. And, and the next day we, we set out again and without any problems. But I remember that night, I, I really did. And, and so I, start, I really felt uh, just weird. You know, that was, it was just a strange thing. And so, I, and I found, I, I started going through this list of, you know, thank you, uh, people who I loved. And that was very comforting to me. So now, you know, and, and over the years that evolved to just, I mean, again, I wasn't really praying to God or anything. I didn't have a lot of thoughts about God, but just for some reason was saying it, yes, you know, saying into the air or in my mind, uh -huh. um, you know, thank you for so-and-so or, you know, and, and would make a list. And so I still do that at night. I try to be thankful. I always say, you're on the list. And so is Travis and Travis, I'm sorry, comes before you as a, as a, as a fan, as a blood relative. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your gratitude practice is more yes. prayerful than writing yes. th things down. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can relate. Like I, I should do that too. Thank but... you for these things, God, before I ask you for a lot of money. Right. <laughs> I feel like it's good man. have to keep the checks and balances <laughs> aligned here. Right. <laughs> so that is my gratitude practice. I love the idea of keeping a gratitude journal though, because it takes us back to that whole process of documenting. Um, right. And to go back and go, I mean, I think you should date it, but I don't want to add chores. You know, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll add them a little bit more often, but it's just, you know, I usually sit down when I do it, when I think to do it, I'll kind of rattle off five and usually, you know, has to do with whatever's happening that week and friends I'm glad I have for, yeah. for that or, you know, you know, it's uh... so I keep that type. Um, I do have a, another journal that I talked about in our couple pod or a couple blogs ago, which is um, it kind of grew out of my uh, planning, my yearly goal planning, because um, mm -hmm. I use this thing called Power Sheets, and which is a very expensive notebook that I've only bought twice, and I just kind of use the prompts to help me plan for the new year. So I just do it in a separate notebook, and it's actually really fun to look back on um, me answering similar prompts, you know, about. Um, you know, what went well this year, what didn't go well, what, mm -hmm. um, um, she's a, a lot about asking. Um, and I, I like this is like, what do you want your life to look like when you're 80 years old? Like what's going to be important to you? Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's, th that really kind of distills down that relationships are what's important. Um, yeah. and your health and uh, these, these are the things to be working on now so that when you're 80, you're really good at taking care of all those <laughs> things, but, yeah. but to not stress out perhaps the way I can about the paint color of a room, I'm not going to care so much about that when I'm 80, creating yeah. a cozy home, being comfortable in a, in a home is, is what I aspire to, but that doesn't mean that, you know, every little decision that we can spin out on is important. It kind right. of keeps the perspective of it. Right. So. so how long have you done that kind of journal? Um, it's a good question. Probably 
since about 2018. So maybe about five years. So, so not a long time. It's kind of when I first kind of got onto this whole idea of the power sheets. It's just, it's too expensive and frankly, too involved to do every year. <laughs> what are the power sheets? Because you said that, like, like, are you talking about Excel? What? No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's, an, it's a goal setting kind of system that comes in this very beautiful, I don't have one in this room, um, notebook. And there are like basically um, you know, like 70 pages of things for you, of, of journaling prompts and, and, and ways to, to help you think about what you want out of your life. And then kind of find, as I talked about in that blog post, kind of find the themes and then figure out what you want to work on for this coming year and set some goals in different areas of your life. And then, um, they have these things called tending sheets or, you know, like for, so every month, like these are the things that I'm going to work on towards this goal. So you can tell, like, I really took a, a page out of their book, so to speak, on how I handle goals about distilling them down and breaking them down mm -hmm. and, and moving forward. I just don't do it in this the elaborate way that they do with power sheets. I just kind of picked out these are the things that resonate with me. These are the questions I want to ask myself. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, but that's more like a between Christmas and New Year's kind of journaling. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not something that's consistent throughout the year. But it's neat if you've been doing it for five years to go back, you know, and see how things change or don't change in terms of, you know, what your goals are, what, what you aspire to. Yeah. Um, the, the very first year I did it, um, you know, I, there was a time when I was very unhappy at my job and I really wanted to turn quilting into a job, so whether mm -hmm. it was selling patterns or I wanted to grow the blog that whole thing. And so when I sat down that year, the very first year with power sheets, I kind of, that's what I thought I wanted to do this year. And by the time I got through all the prompts that fell off the list entirely, I'm like, you know what? That's not important. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was fun. And that was the big re revelation there of like, oh no, home and family. And like, these are, these are the things, my health, these are the things that are important, not mm -hmm. this, you know, so, um, and, and I know that you as an author, you've talked about this before, but I think you can, when you start really journaling things out, you can be surprised by where you end up. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's what I was just thinking. I want to do it. It's, it's, you can be surprised and, uh, and certainly in writing fiction, I mean, that's, there. it's so, it's fascinating when uh, the story goes in a direction you never anticipated. But as you were talking, what I was thinking about, yes, it's also sometimes when you're journaling, and I think it's, this is a great reason to journal, you will surprise yourself. You know, you're writing, you know, uh, by some sort of, uh, it might be a, an insight about someone else or your own behavior um, and, and my behavior so often bad. <laughs> <Or just, laughs> now, the beautiful thing about getting older, for me, at least, is like, oh, yeah, mostly it's my fault. <laughs> you know, when, when, I was, when I was younger, I was so defensive. It was like every problem is everyone else's fault. Now it's like, nah, it's me. But but journaling helps you get to that place or also when to let yourself off the hook, you know, and, and so sometimes writing about something, all of a sudden you'll go, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, and you and you you get into this, you find yourself in this, um, in, 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 on an, in someplace you didn't expect to get to, you didn't know that that's where, that's where the journey was going to take you. Um, and that's, that's always my favorite thing. When you, when you reach a new understanding, um, because you've been writing about it and exploring, 
Um, you're thinking and, deeply about it. Yeah. And you're taking the time to explore it mentally through the pen. Yes. And, uh, and that's what, you know, it's funny. I keep a third kind of journal diary. It's a commonplace book, but I keep it on Google Docs because and when I and it's I I read a lot online. Um, I'm trying to break that habit, but although there's a lot that I read online that's very good and very interesting to me, and I used to have a commonplace book which was actually I would write stuff out by hand, which I love to do. I love writing by hand. Um, I now, love to- a commonplace book, again, let's define, is uh, you explain what a commonplace book a is. A commonplace book is essentially where you put down quotes. Um, for me, it's almost, it's all just excerpts and quotes from th- articles and blog posts and essays. And sometimes I put poems in there. Some uh, of things you don't want to forget that you, that just struck you and you're yes. like, oh, I want to remember this. Yeah, this is really, and, and so that's uh, just a, and now I started doing this a few years ago and I, it's like 60 pages, you know, and, and I can go for months without putting anything in there. Um, but as you know, I, I can go down rabbit holes of interest where I get re- I start reading very deeply about something. And, and then, and so it's really fun then to go, you know, to, to have this commonplace book, um, which is actually my commonplace Google doc um, and, and save that stuff. Because I also know the way my interests work is I circle back around to things. Um, all I was going to ask, do you, have you gone back and read it? Yes. Every once in a while, I'll skim through it. And so it's very interesting to see what I was kind of obsessed with this wow. time last year or three years ago, whenever I started keeping it. Um, it's probably been two or three years. But um, yeah, so that's uh, uh, so I, it, that's another kind of documentation. Um, but it also is helpful for me um, because I, you know, I'll think, oh, you know, I remember I was thinking about this last year and there was that great uh, I like a writer named Alan Jacobs a lot, and he's probably half of my my uh, commonplace book is quotes from his blog. And I'll go find that, and and um, so I really like having I really like having that. But what got me onto that is that that is my only kind of diary journaling that I do that is um, on digital. The digital. Yeah. Um, and I do think I'm a big believer in handwriting. Uh, writing things by hand. I think that children should be taught cursive. I think that they should be doing more work where they're writing by hand. I think that, you know, and and my kids went to this uh, very good, very fine school, but private school where I think when Will was in fifth grade, that's where the middle school started. And that was the year that the fifth graders were issued iPads. Um, and they were, do, you know, and the teachers and one of my favorite teachers there was like one of the people spearheading the let's do every, you know, the digital stuff. And of course there's tons you can do, but I'm just like, my kid can't, you know, it's like, first of all, his handwriting is just like, well, but, you know, uh, but I'm just like, this isn't good. They need to be writing stuff down. And every year at the end of the year, it's like, do you have any thoughts? I'm like, yeah, get the middle school kids off the iPad make them write things down by hand. And I'm wondering too, and I hadn't really thought about this before with the journaling, if there's something about writing by hand um, that helps that maybe that's, we need to think, you know, you, I, I don't write very fast and that's why I, I type all my novels, all my drafts, cause I type very fast. Um, but it's, it's good to slow down and sort of write at the pace of your, well, not you're writing slower than your thoughts, but then you have to hold your thoughts and anyway. Right, what, right. There's definitely, I think there is a, a hand brain connection for sure. Mm-hmm. For for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I agree with, uh, with so much of that. And I mean, I feel like my 
handwriting has a printing handwriting. However, <laughs> my, my analog way of writing things down <laughs> has just degraded yeah. so much. Um, I used to have pretty nice handwriting and now, I mean, it's, it's terrible. I, it's funny. I keep a little, like, I keep these notes of things I don't want to forget, like in, in my thing called a Sunday basket and just, you know, I'll look this up or whatever. And I went through those yesterday and I threw half of them away because I couldn't read them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you need to slow down. I do everything as fast as I can. That's good. Yeah. one of my, my issues. Um, and that is another problem with journaling is it is is the handwriting aspect of it. Now you have this like super cool, funky writing that I can only imagine what your journals look like. Um, but yeah, I, mine, not so much. <laughs> well, I have that writing. I'm left-handed and I had very bad handwriting. Um, and so it was sort of my, some point in high school, I started playing around with this very angular print and yes. and my problem is I can't really write cursive very well anymore um, because I and so some of my journals look sometimes pages look great and the beginning of my entries look really nice because it's very controlled and then I start writing faster or loosen yes. up and then it doesn't look good and I you know being me I'm just like I want to tear those pages up they don't look good but um, do you uh, ever sketch in your journal because I know you're a no, you don't. Uh, yeah, I do draw in cartoon and I go through times, as you know, where I, I draw a lot more and do a lot more, but never in my journal. Never in your uh, journal. That's not what that's I about. I need to be in math class and not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will do lots of sketching. Oh, um, do you ever sketch or draw? Or do No, you... I, I have zero ability in that way. And so um, I'm even, I'm a terrible doodler. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even doodle. Oh, and the only thing I doodle anymore is free motion quilting designs, you know, oh, as a, as a sort yeah. of a practice. And then yeah. they look terrible. And I think that's why you can't do that. <laughs> well, not a positive thing. But speaking of that, um, so it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, when we talk about journals, there's so many different kinds of yes. journals and ways of journaling and documenting, um, you know, do you document your quilt making or your, your craft projects because you 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 make quilts you knit I think those are your two really big things um do you keep any kind of documentation any sort of journal in which you note this is what I did today here's where I am on this project no no I don't I do try to photograph everything but they those photographs are you know, I have folders on my computer of this is 2018 and here are the months and those quilt pictures are buried inside those folders. Like there's not even yeah. one that's the, the, here is my, my finished quilt. I should do that yeah. someday. Um, no, my best way of documenting quilts is for me, sadly, to go look on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think <laughs> um, it's true for a lot of people and a lot of people do use Instagram as a way of documenting their process. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't doc document my process as much as finished quilts. I used yeah. to be more about the process, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm too picky about taking a nice picture and writing yeah. a thoughtful caption that I just decide not to do it. Yeah, it's hard. Have... No, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's, it's hard to... Like, here's my half square triangle. Um, and, you know, if I ever did a perfect one, I probably would put a picture of it on Instagram. 
but yes, if you are, if, if you're conscious of not just documentation, but also presenting something lovely to look at, um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's harder to post that picture. It's too much work. Yeah, it is. And it is a lot of work if you're trying to make here, I've got it here. I'm going to take a nice picture. I'm going to write something thoughtful. It's just like, nah. Yeah. I'm just going to go back and sew another block. Is what yeah. I'm gonna do. yeah. That's where that time should go. Yeah. yeah. I actually did that today. I did. I sat down, I set up my sewing machine. I sewed some blocks and I did take a picture of them for Instagram. So here I'm saying I don't do it, but I did today, mm -hmm. but I had to go through with my rotary cutter and cut off all those stray threads. Yes. I'm just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> that, yes, that too. And I have taken many a photo of a a work in progress thinking, oh, I'm going to post this. And then I take the picture and there are threads. And then I, and I'm like, okay, fix those. And I take it and then there are other, and the, and the threads grow, they grow back. And <laughs> they do, they do. And then you lose the light and then, and then you, know, you lose whatever. the light. And, and then you're thinking I have a life to live and I'm not actually living it on Instagram and no one cares about this. Exactly. No needs to see it. <laughs> but I do have several quilt planners, um, you know, that, that I have, um, you know, transferred all my works in progress too. So I could keep track. And, and I did keep that up like one year and it is actually very fun to go back. It was during 2020 actually. And it's fun to go back and, and realize that I finished up a number of these things or let them go. Like, okay, I had this quilt. I was never going to finish it. I gave it away. I, I sent this quilt top to the quilt guild. They can make it a charity quilt. I'm never going to quilt it. And, and it's nice to see, you know, the progress. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I do love the the record keeping. I just am not so good at doing it. Um, well, okay. there, there are going to be times I think we're more inspired to do it. And and so I'm, I feel that way too, that there've been times where I've do documented something and I don't think I've documented a, a quilt making process or, but, and I'm not consistent about it, but I'm always happy that even it was just a little, and I can't think of anything, yes. besides, but, but whatever is like that, what you're talking about that, uh, the planner from 2020, maybe you didn't do it ever again. Maybe you'll never do it again, but it's great to have that. I'm yeah. very glad I have that one particular thing. And for you, I can actually think of a couple of times where you were, um, you know, cause you tend to make quilts like by the seat of your pants, yeah. you know, you're just making stuff up <laughs> and you will put things up on Instagram and ask people for opinions yeah. and make some decisions based on that. And that's like yeah. a really fun way of record keeping that as well. Yeah, no, that's, and, and it's great. I've had really, I, you know, I believe strongly in collaboration and that's been very cool, um, uh, a, a way to, to do that and document a process and, and also other people's input into the process. So, um, yeah. Now, now I'm thinking, especially as I'm, we've been talking for a while, I don't know how long people like to listen. <laughs> Maybe for us, we're like, just keep talking. I'm not even really paying attention, Francis and Kristen. I'm kind of moving <laughs> in and out of the room, but uh, keep talking. I like the sound of your voice. But we, uh, I, with all this, the, the different kinds of journals, um, some of which the the folklorist, anthropologist, and historians would be very happy to have. Um, but what do we do with them? I mean, we again, we may again, the moose may cross the road and eat us, and we are not going to have any control <laughs> over what happens. But let's say we're, we're we get to some advanced age or decide this is the year we're going to make some decision about the long, you know, what what do you plan to do with your journals? Um, well, I think, I mean, to be honest with you, I in this last year, 
kind of went through, I just, I have these piles of notebooks that I've, you know, like there's three pages here and four pages here where I thought I was starting something. And I ripped out the pages. I, I cleaned out all the notebooks and I, and there were some um, pages that I wanted to keep. And I just put them like all in file folder. Like these are the ones that I'm going to keep. And I kind of started fresh and I threw away all the ones that, you know, not, you know, that, not that there's anything shameful. It's just like, I don't need everybody knowing the, yeah. the, what's going on inside my brain. Um, yes. and, and so I kind of am at, at a fresh slate right now. I did use the silk and sonder journals for about a year, which is what a whole those? thing where they send you one every month. And it's kind of a planner's and uh, journal uh, uh, mishmash you know, uh -huh. combination. Um, and it's kind of, you know, they, they kind of talk about it as being a, it's kind of like therapy. So they've got really good, there's a theme and they've got good prompts and things like that. And they're kind of hard to get rid of because they're so pretty. <laughs> but I kind of decided, yeah, those just need to go. Like I, I'm in the point in my life where I'm letting things go. I don't have the, all the years of commonplace books or, or, um, the day books as you do, I would, I'd hang on to those, but I think every once in a while, I might be the type that really just wants to, to purge some of it. Yeah. Um, especially the process types. Yes. Yeah. So what about you? Well, he, as, as you know, um, and as anyone who reads the blog knows that uh, 2023 is the year of the attic declutter. And I do have some boxes buried away in there that have some old journals, like from grad school and, uh, th that I think once I reach those, I will destroy them. Um, there's nothing terribly shameful, but you know, I, I don't think there's anything that would bring particular pleasure to my family. Right. I mean, would you, yeah. will you read through them first? I don't know. I might. I went through a period and it was probably about 10 years ago. Um, for some reason, I just I didn't want to read anything or even look at pictures from certain times of my life. Not I I think I was in a very being very hard on myself. You know, I, I think I was I think you have to hit a certain level of maturity where you are much more understanding and kind towards your younger self. And I think about 10 years ago, I was like, wow, you were, you've been such an idiot. Entire, I mean, I really, you know, I've, I've lived a, a, an interesting life, I think, but, you know, I've gone down various paths nothing, I've not been in jail yet. Um, you know, but, but still there's stuff that's just like, and, and, and I really felt, so I hated being reminded of other times, you know, where I was yes. just, being an idiot. I mean, and I was, but now I just, I don't even think I was an idiot. I just think you were just growing up. You right. were just figuring things out, figuring it out, you know? And so, so I, I think that now I probably would probably read and, and laugh. Um, so I probably would take a look and, but I would, yeah. I would gauge my reaction. The other thing is you have to be careful about your dreams. And so I did there, I don't want to, there's all kinds of things. I don't want to return to, do you know? I mean, it, oh, it, that's so interesting. And so yeah. I, to allow, so, uh, I don't have any, again, uh, nothing is terrible. There are no horrible people haunting my journals. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't need to revisit them. I don't just realize them. that what you take in is powerful and you, yeah. you know, you start yeah. to, so I don't need yeah. to give me mental space, particularly dream space, which can be very powerful and weird and, and upsetting. Um, to people who don't really mean anything, but maybe because they don't mean anything to me anymore, they wouldn't occupy. Maybe. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit careful with that, you know, with thinking about that, I want to be careful. 
Um, so I, I don't know if I'll read. Um, I, I, I may just uh, destroy again because I don't think it would make anybody happy or uh, find, you know to, to read stuff. Whereas actually more recent journals, not that they would bring deep pleasure, but people like, you know, if, if, if the moose ate me and Clifton didn't eat Clifton, he might find a lot of this stuff really interesting, you know, about our family life and, and the things that I was observing um, right. or thinking about. I, I think that that he would, um, I think. So I, I, I'm not like the journals that I've kept for the last 10 years. I, I don't think I'll destroy those. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. A, a many years ago now, I came across a journal I kept in my 20s when I was in a very bad relationship. And I looked back on that and it was just like, why did you not get out of this relationship? I was clearly miserable writing this. And that was kind of interesting to me, but I definitely tossed that. Yeah. I <laughs> don't need to relive that. That's in yeah. the past now. And, and no one needs yeah. to relive it for you. So yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I'm what I'm taking away from this conversation is I'm going to try a day book. Yeah. I'm going to try doing that. Um, I, I got to tell you that that using a sketchbook with no lines sounds completely <laughs> Oh, ridiculous. Like who would do that? <laughs> Give me lines. So like, I've got yeah. like a number, maybe my little moleskin. I got some moleskins oh, that I could moleskins, use. Because moleskins, I love yeah. moleskins and they're lined and the paper feels good. So I'm yes, very, they're very, I'm very nice. Yes. So, and, and be, you know, I'll send you the right pen to use. <laughs> That's what I did with. Actually, I bought your favorite pen, the, the pilot five, right? Stick it's pen. too skinny. It just, it, it, uh, so I went and yeah. I bought the V7. The V7, which I also like my second. Um, and I, I, I can do that, but I'm a pencil. I'm a pencil user. I, I, I don't know. A mechanical pencil? Mechanical. Yes. yes. Mechanical yeah. pencil. I yeah. mean, I did, I was a Ticonderoga pen for many, many years, but it just yeah. gets dull too fast. Yes. So, um, I love pencils for, uh, for writing notes to myself. And when, when I get in uh, a, a list making mood where I, I used to be very good with lists. And then the last year or so, I don't know, since COVID, I, I would make lists and then not look at them again. I just thought, why are you doing this? But now I feel like maybe I'm getting back into list making. And I but like- But also sometimes making the list is all some people need to do. Like yeah. that cements it. Yes. That that brain and, hand connection. And then yeah. maybe you don't have to look at it, but it helped you yeah. distill mentally what you think you need to do. Yeah, no. And, and I think that there's a lot of truth in that. So I'm kind of, especially right now, things are- um, there just a lot of different pieces in play. So that I have like last week, I, I had a pretty serious list and it was very helpful. And I do like checking off boxes. I'm very simple. Like, Oh, yes. look, I need the box. I mean, I draw a little tiny square. <laughs> you really? yeah. Um, it makes me really happy. Um, Yes. But the, the thing about the day book is you just have to give yourself grace. If, if for some reason it's a busy week and you can't keep up with it, I, I, I either just go that week is gone and you can even write it. I think I might do last yeah. week was busy. Uh, it's gone. It's over. Let's move on. Or you, yeah. can, you know, sometimes I do try to just go back and go, what can I remember? Which is an interesting exercise um, because at first I'm like, I can't think of anything. I think my brain's gone. And then little piece by piece. And it's like almost plant, putting a, a puzzle together. And that one thing makes you remember another thing makes you. Right. So, but that's time consuming. You can also just go, didn't have time to do it. Doesn't matter. Life I mean, if you're doing it 365 days a year, if it, you only end up doing it, you know, 350 days a year, that's yeah. still a lot of things it's recorded, Yeah, you know? So yeah. And I do think they make for very interesting documents. Well, there's a book I read and I, I pulled it up because so talking about, okay, 
here's a question. Now your mother passed away when you were fairly young, like 24, 24. Did she keep a journal? Um, no, she didn't, but I did. Um, so I did inherit her be back like day planner kind of thing back in the day (laughs) where, you know, it was like this little spiral bound thing. And she kept all kinds of, of her own lists of, um, you know, like in business cards of, you know, with an upholsterer and, and here are the house projects I want to tackle and like little things like that. And um, it was very much the, the dailiness of it and, and just her writing, which was beautiful on the calendar and stuff. And I still have that Mm. um, because that's, you know, just like I have her recipe cards. These are, you know, the last bit of her handwriting. Yeah. Um, So no, so she didn't keep a journal, but that was the closest thing to it. And, and I did treasure that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to, my my mother's still alive and I, I I don't have any recollection of her ever keeping a journal. I'll ask her if she ever did. Um, but I bring this up in part because I was interested to know, but also um, uh, he, this is a really fascinating thing. There, there's a writer named Carrie Tempest Williams. Um, she writes a lot. She's a naturalist. She writes a lot about environmental issues. She's from the, the West. And she had a book that came out uh, a few years ago called When Women Were Birds, 54 Variations on Voice. Um when I'm going to read this, when her mother, Diane Dixon Tempest, died in 1987, she left Tempest Williams her journals with the request not to look at them until after she was gone, which doesn't really make sense. But uh, anyway, maybe she was dying and said, wait till I'm, 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 I've passed away and to read these. When Williams sat down with her mother's journals, they were all blank. Isn't that wow. the oddest thing in the world? But that's yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of that either. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, we're talking about different kinds of journals. There's the blank journal. Yeah, I've got a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> it, which, it, it never it, occurred to me that I should leave them to someone. <laughs> Here, take my yeah. notebook. So wow. that's 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 a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. In that yeah. scenario. But I was, I've always been fascinated by that idea of the the way that her mother kept journals was to not journal and that her final thing was to say, um, you know, can you imagine, especially Williams is a writer, uh, you know, she's, she, there's odd dozens of these journals and she's sitting down and she's going to dig into them and perhaps understand her mother or understand. Right. And there's nothing. So the blank journal, I guess, is, I mean, that is, it's a, I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the right note to end things on, but I just wanted yeah. to mention oh. that because it's, it fascinates me. The things that we document and don't document the things we process and don't process what, you know, uh, the, those, those kind of choices that we make and it's all voluntary, right? No one's saying totally journal. Yeah. I just want it as a, want a closing thought wanted to say that, um, Starting a journal at this, you know, being starting to be kind of a good journaler at this point in life is kind of interesting because we are at a transition. So I was Mm -hmm. saying earlier how I regret that I did not keep a better, better, you know, uh, sort of a day book back when the kids were little, but we're at a different point in our lives that maybe things are a little bit slower, but it will be 
I think it would be kind of interesting to help us process how, you know, the things that are different, how holidays are different now that the kids yeah. come and go. And, um, you know, as we make new spaces in our homes and, and we, you know, just figure out how we want our lives to look going forward, that um, a journaling practice could be really instrumental and, and fun to look back on, you know, yeah. as, as you know, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, that thought it's, it's, you know, it's like a, a, a companion for the journey in a way. Right. There you, you go. Um, and, and that, that's a, that's a, a, a neat way of thinking about it. And it's also, you know, my knees hurt and it makes me think, wow, getting older is really sucks. <laughs> really um, could stretch out that lower back today. <laughs> you know, I started out last week, I was doing my Paula B and all my walking. And by the end of the week, I was like, oh, okay, now I'm not going to do any walking or Paula B because my knees hurt and I'm going to have to rethink my exercise program. But the, the great thing about getting older is that you are to some, you know, it's like you have a a wider perspective. So that's another reason I think uh, a great to start a journaling practice, even if you haven't had one to, to think about things and think, you know, what have you learned and how do you look back, you know, think about yourself as a, as a young mother, just going, or I, I actually was never a young mother because I had Jack, I was almost 35, but, but those early days of motherhood and, and toddler and all of that. And when you're in the mix of it, you know, it's hard to have a perspective and you don't know, it's like, am I doing a good job? And, and is that even the lens through which to view this? Is it, are you a good mother or a bad mother? You know, uh, so to, to have this place to contemplate and think about what was going on during those years and, and, you know, and what is it, what does it all mean? What's it all about? Kristen? What's it all mean? What's it all about? <laughs> no pressure. Just figure that out on those. Yeah, periods, okay? <laughs> but, I, but I think that, you know, to, to have a place to think, um, you know, whether you're thinking forward or uh, looking back or what have you, I, I think a journal is a wonderful, a wonderful tool. Um, for that. So, and of course, you know, I mean, we, we both enjoy writing and, um, and I, and we've talked about writing by hand, of course, I think anyone at Google, the computer works just as well. Right. Right. But I, I think I would prefer just the pencil and paper over a computer, but yeah, I think lots of people do that. I think Gretchen Rubin, she's opens up a document first thing when she sits down and, and writes like basically a few sentences. Uh, about hmm. the day and she keeps it as a, a digital document yeah yeah so yeah so all right well this has been so fun it's so fun to get your your perspective on this uh, i think you're a deep thinker and i admire that and yeah. um, so it's fun for me to... <laughs> the only other person i know that keeps a commonplace book was benjamin franklin so there you go <laughs> well i'm gonna think i'll be deeply thinking about <laughs> i mean i love benjamin franklin um I also watched, you know, John Adams. So I have varying feelings about Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> he did like France. He liked the French ladies. Um, yeah, but no, and and, and for me, um, uh, first of all, I think that you, you you think deeply and seriously about things as well, but you do it in a more organized way than I do. And, and so I love that, you know, uh, that you really, you're, you're very thoughtful in a way that, that I like where you're saying, okay, here, here's these prompts and I want to think about them and revisit these questions. And, um, yeah, I love that, that you do that. And I think it's going to, that's, that's really valuable. 
um, to, to collect those, those thoughts and, and to watch as they, you know, your goal, your goals or your aims or your love. Shift. Yeah. They shift. Yeah. Uh, and what you want out of, out of life. Um, you know, I no longer want to be size eight. <laughs> <laughs> shifted as I have shifted, that has shifted. So, but that's you know, I, I do think I mean, obviously it's about being empty nesters. It's about you know, women. Who, you know, we're we're getting older, and and our knees do hurt. But there's so much that's really cool about this time of life too. I think I really like it a lot. Um, you know, so I I I think it's it's a, a wonderful time to think and journal and um you know, save our wisdom for generations to right. put that down for future generations to benefit from, because that's the way it works, right? Yes. You read and you take other people's experiences. No, yeah. you yourself and you fail. <laughs> right. And then you remember what you read and thought, oh, she failed. That she was, was right. Yeah, right. She told me I would fail. Yeah. She All right. Talking about. Well, Lovely to chat as always. Um, not that we don't chat every single day, but um, yeah. And we, of course, would love to hear from um, listeners about their uh, journal keeping uh, strategies or practices, um, anything. We love hearing from our listeners because, again, they're just uh, our, our readers because they have amazing things to say. You guys have amazing things to say, and we really appreciate the time you take to leave such thoughtful comments. So keep them coming. We love them. Um, we do. We do. So, and this podcast will be on the blog. And if you guys uh, want to leave your comments in the comment section on that post, that would be a perfect place for us all to, to learn from each other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So please do. Thank you for listening. Um, we appreciate you, as we say. So, right. and, and Kristen, I appreciate you. And <laughs> right back at you. Yes. Yeah. I'll we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. next time. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Mm-hmm.